We're only about a month from Election Day 2018. So what are you going to do about it? Hopefully, you plan to vote. There are several nonpartisan organizations working with musicians to help get people to the voting booths. And today, we profile them. Welcome to the future of what? I'm your host, Portia Sabin, president of the independent record label, Kill Rockstars. Support for the future of what comes from Merch Table. With over 15 years of experience in merchandising, screen printing, tour support, and online fulfillment, Merch Table partners with artists and labels looking to jumpstart their business. Visit merchtable.com to learn more and open a store today. On today's episode, we talk to people who are working to get out the vote using music as an incentive. It's all coming up on the future of what. Support for the future of what comes from Sound Exchange. You're listening to the future of what. I'm talking to Emily White of iVotedConcerts.com. Emily, welcome to the future of what. Thanks so much for having me, Portia. So nice to talk to you. So we're talking today about your I Voted initiative. So just tell us what that is. Yeah, definitely. So we've been activating venues across the country to let fans in on election day who show a photo of themselves outside of their polling place. The goal is obviously to galvanize voter turnout nationwide. And we just hit our 60th venue today in 28 states plus DC. And we have a bunch of awesome national acts on board. Oh, that's great. So how did you come up with this? I see that you're working with Pat Sansone from Wilco on this. Yeah. So how did you guys think of this idea? So... I'm originally from Wisconsin, and the difference in votes for the presidential election was like 22,000. I should memorize it. It's like 22,500 something. And and when I saw that, I thought, that's an arena. Yeah. Why don't we put on a sick concert at the time? It would have been the Bradley Center in Milwaukee and tie in voting somehow. And then I thought, well, if we take that concept national, then it can have that much more impact. So wow, that's exactly how I thought of it. I mean, I consider myself a true entrepreneur where when I see a problem, I feel an inherent need to solve it. And (laughs) this is what I know how to do. Right. Right. And everybody's doing amazing things, whether it's like, you know, stay at home parents are creating like car chains to drive parents from the border to their kids who were flown to New York, you know, when they were separated. And, and so my point is like, this is what I can do based on my career and my relationships. Wow, that's awesome. So how are you spreading this? Are you just reaching out to venues in different cities? Yeah, so we started in late 2017. And as an artist manager, as you know, we all know how much artists are hit up, how much industry people are hit up. So I just, I wanted to skip managers, no offense to my colleagues. And I just went straight to the venues. I used to tour manage, so I know the live industry really well, and I wanted to get ahead of their holds. So we started reaching out in late 2017. C3 came on board first. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was Live Nation New York, but those were our first two. And they were like, yes, we're in. We don't even know who's playing. Like, we're in, which was amazing. And then I knew once I had you know, either of those, but both on board, I could take that out and and leverage it to every venue across the country. So it's really, I mean, don't get me wrong, Pat is involved. I manage him. He's freaking amazing. He's brought in artists and 
he's been so passionate about it. But as far as the day to day, it's really just been myself and an intern. <laughs> and so I wrote a pitch email for our intern and had that leverage in there of having those great promoters on board, got a little organic press and the response is just spread like crazy, which has been amazing. That's great. Have you talked to any particular artists who want to be a part of this who say like, oh, we have a show on that date? We want to get involved. Yeah. So that's another way that we've been working. Obviously, I think we're 49 days out from the midterms right now. So there are plenty of shows going on on November 6th. And so what we've been doing there is if people don't want to renegotiate their deals, which I completely understand, we've just been saying, if you can give us any amount of tickets, like even like 10 or something, what we're doing is running viral contests. So for those shows, like, for example, Jim James and Hooray for the Riff Raff are playing in Denver on November 6th. And so they've given us 10 tickets and we're running contests where fans can post their photo, tag the venue, tag I Voted Concerts, and they're entered in a drawing for tickets that night. So that way we're encouraging and maximizing voter turnout on a limited amount of tickets. Gotcha. I see that Super Chunk is performing at MotorCo in Durham, North Carolina, that night, which is awesome. I'm sure that's going to be a spectacular turnout for that show. We're so honored. And and actually, MotorCo and, and Josh Whitman were our third venue and promoter. I'm sure I posted about C3 and Live Nation. And, and Josh reached out to me right away. He's like, I'm in. My venue's on board. What, what can we do? And he obviously took it to the next level by getting Super Chunk on board. So that's been incredible. Yeah, that's really, that's great. That's a great venue, MotorCo. We're, we're friends with Josh and that venue. So how can people get involved? I see the website is ivotedconcerts.com. If people are listening to this podcast and want to get involved, what can they do? Definitely. So I'm sure there's a lot of industry people and artists listening. Please just reach out to us info at c-ent.com or our contact info is at ivotedconcerts.com. I mean, this has been such a labor of love, whether it's radio stations wanting to get involved or journalists or, you know, as an industry, you know, we all do these impactful things every day. So anything anyone can do, whether it's perform or you have a venue or you know someone that's a promoter. I mean, if everyone in our network can connect me with one person, we'll have the entire industry, you know, by 2020. So that's huge. And then to be frank, we just launched our first fundraiser. So I have a really clear vision of how to grow what we've already done with a 1.5 person team. So (laughs) I'd love to have an, you know, industry relations person, a promoter relations person. I'd love to have actual PR. I'd love to do some social media. And we're going to turn into a nonprofit ourselves, which costs money as well. So Like I said, all this has been achieved with like a 1.5 person team and me donating a few hours a day. But if you go to our website, we're partners with Revolutions Per Minute, which means that any contributions are tax deductible through them, which is, it makes a lot more sense on our website. And we're working with them until we get set up as our own nonprofit. Fantastic. Well, that is so cool, Emily. Thanks for doing this. I think it's a really important thing. We got to get people out to vote this year more importantly than ever. Do you have any other words of wisdom? Just that I know we're all doing all we can. I'm all over social media, but it's like, it's one thing to tweet and post and resist. It's another to vote. And to me, that's truly what needs to be done to make change moving forward. So everybody's got to show up on November 6th. Awesome. Thanks, Emily White, for being with us today on The Future of What? My pleasure.
That was Kinski 101 by Kinski. If you're enjoying this program, please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. Follow us on Twitter at KRSFOW and subscribe to our newsletter to find out what's coming up next. You're listening to The Future of What? I'm talking to Jessica George of revolutionsperminute.net. Jessica, welcome to The Future of What? Thank you. So nice to have you. I'm so happy to be here. Yay. Yeah. You guys are awesome. I'm so excited to be talking to you because I just think RPM is the coolest organization. So why don't we just dive right in and you can tell everyone what RPM does. Great. Well, I'm lucky to be with RPM. I started about three years ago and I took over a couple years ago. And the whole goal of Revolutions Per Minute is to help artists do the most with the platform that they have around causes that they care about. So what we do is we work with each individual artist to talk with them about what issues they care about and then the best way for them to engage their fans around those issues. So that's the essential role that RPM plays within the music industry. It's amazing. So, I mean, really, like in a very sort of clear terminology, you guys help artists raise money and contribute money to causes that they care about. Exactly. Yeah. And I I love that. I think that's just so cool because I feel like there was really a hole in the industry in terms of, you know, a lot of people who gain a certain amount of success, they start to make a living being an artist, and they really want to give back but have no idea how to do it. And so this organization, how long have you guys been around? We started in 2005, and I think you bring up a really good point because I feel like there are a lot of organizations that know how to get people involved who can go to meetings or who can go to their state or national capitals and lobby their legislators. But in the case of a musician who is touring the country or the world, you need somebody to help facilitate how you can get involved. And so that's really the role of RPM is to both understand the music industry and the unique qualities of being a musician and also understand the nonprofit world and how people can be the most effective. And I think it's useful to have somebody that understands both. Definitely, definitely. I also think there's a really cool component involved when it comes to the fans, because I think a lot of times when fans have an opportunity to give or donate to a cause, they're really excited to do that. But they often also don't really know how to do that. So RPM kind of has a bunch of strategies that help fans be able to also contribute, which I think is really great. Right. I mean, if you think about it, a fan is emotionally connected to the artists that they care about. I mean, I think of my own relationship to musicians that I listen to. And an emotional connection is a great way to break down an issue or to help somebody understand an issue differently. And so thinking of musicians as having a really unique role in a lot of people's lives. They have the opportunity to really motivate people to get involved. And when you create a really good partnership, when you're really thinking about the fans and helping the musician to choose an organization that when a fan clicks on their website, they're motivated, you know, when a good partnership happens, it really can be really effective. And it's just a tool in the toolbox. You know, it's it's not the only thing, you know, that will make people get involved or inspire people to get involved, but it's a really effective tool. Yeah. So a couple of years ago, I interviewed Meryl Garbus uh, from Tune Yards about her charity that she set up with your guys' help, which had to do with water rights and conservation, which is really awesome. But can you talk about some of the other tools that you guys can give to artists to use in various ways? Right. So Meryl, she has used branded funds, which are essentially really the alternative to starting a nonprofit. In a lot of cases, if an artist wants to start a nonprofit, I will 
say, please stop and maybe have a conversation first because most likely RPM would be able to be the 501c3 or 501c4, which are typical tax designations for a nonprofit organization. Often we can be the back end of that. So instead of having to figure out how to set up a board and you know manage a nonprofit, we might be able to be that for you and you would be able to do the things that you're interested in doing, like creating music or engaging your fans specifically. So Merrill uses a branded fund, which is something we offer. We also do ticket add-ons, which are an artist would add $1 to every ticket that they sell on tour. And that is able to raise a lot of money from a lot of different people. And we work out the logistics of that so it's not a headache for anybody on the team. So that's one of the things that's really important to us is that all of the strategies that we implement are effective, but also a really light lift for everybody on the team because we know that people's plates are really full and our goal is to get as many people active as possible and we don't want anybody to resent these projects, I guess is the most straightforward way that we would say that. You can also do a song release or a special merch item. Those are both really quick things to turn around. Most likely there are people have recorded songs that could be turned around pretty quickly. And then we'll do, you know, we can help with licensing. If you have a relationship with a brand that you want to dedicate some of your licensing proceeds, we can help do something like that. A lot of times people will use some of their licensing to start a brand and fund and seed that and then do other strategies to continue to contribute to the amount raised. Cool. So one of the organizations that you're working with right now is IVotedConcerts.com, which is Emily White's initiative. That's right. And we are speaking to her for this episode as well, because we think, you know, it's pretty important in the run up to the midterms. I think she just said it's like 49 days till the midterm elections Mm -hmm. that, you know, we raise awareness about people getting out and voting this November. So can you talk a little bit about how, so you guys basically provide the back end for that organization? That's right. And, you know, I really want to give Emily a lot of credit. The idea is amazing. And what it takes to pull this off is quite a task. And the thing that I think is really powerful about the I Voted is that it's a way for people to actually physically get together and a way for venues and promoters to have a role in helping to inspire people to to vote and to be engaged in the election. So Emily has done a great job putting this together, and I think it's there are going to be a, a lot of amazing events around the country. The way that RPM is involved is that we are what you would call the fiscal sponsor. And so what that does is it allows us to sort of be the back end, just similar to a branded fund. It's just a little bit different. And it means that something like this can be put together and easy enough for Emily so she can focus on all the other hard things that a project like I Voted would be. Right, yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's probably worth mentioning that, you know, I mean, I've been involved with several nonprofits over the years and it's a big job to start a nonprofit. I think people sometimes think like, oh, I'm going to start a nonprofit to do this awesome thing that I'm doing. And I feel like, you know, my advice at this stage in my life and career is always to tell people, don't reinvent the wheel, like try to find help with what it is that you want to do. And also like find out about what you want to do enough so that you know who is doing similar or the same thing in the space so that you don't duplicate effort. And instead you can find people to partner with. Because I feel like 
you know, one of the scary parts of the world of nonprofits is just, you know, people get real excited and enthused with an idea and then they just are like, I'm going to just start a nonprofit. And it's really hard. <laughs> it's not easy. You can't see me nodding. I'm doing a lot of that. <laughs> and I'm also not doing my active listening that I that I would normally be doing. It is very true. Everybody who wants to know how to read a 990, I want you to know, but I don't think anybody should learn how to read a 990. <laughs> <laughs> and you would have to file those when you start a nonprofit. And I actually think I really want people to stay in the most inspiring lane that they find inspiring. Like, I don't mind to read a 990 right. and I don't mind to do a lot of the things that are involved with running a nonprofit. And so I'm very happily in that lane right now. And I really want everybody to be able to do this for a long time and be the most inspired by the work that they're doing. There are enough of us out there that are happy to do the other things required. So let's just work as efficiently as possible where everybody is able to be as inspired as they can be. Absolutely. And I feel like I say that a lot on this show, but it always bears repeating that the way the industry has fragmented and fractured and changed in the last 10 years has created this world where basically it's like we want artists to be everything. You know, mm -hmm. like, okay, you have this great technology to record at home. So you get to become a recording engineer and you get to become your own producer and you get to become your own mastering engineer. And, you know, it's like you just keep adding tasks to the plate of the artist. It's like, oh, and by the way, why don't you, you know, become your own publicist and do all this social media work? And, you know, and, and I'm like, this is crazy. We have to have artists be artists or else we won't have artists anymore. You know, it's great if you are able to do a ton of things and be a jack of all trades, but not everyone has that skill set. And it's really okay if you don't do everything. It's really okay if you focus on your art. Right. Well, and I think that a lot of times RPM, our role is actually to manage expectations, which is a little bit about what you're talking about there, where it's like, you know, you are a musician. You're also, you have the opportunity to introduce your fans to organizations that hopefully that they would be inspired to be active with. But there's not a position where you're making them be involved. Like you can also let it just be that, that you introduce people and they can take it from there, you know? And so I really want it to be very clear that the, the artist's role to, introduce them to an organization, but not necessarily, it, it could possibly end there. And then on the end of an organization, this is a really great way to be introduced to people, but you have to have something inspiring for them to do once they've been introduced. And so it really is just a, a moment in the ladder of engagement for fans, not necessarily the full ladder. I don't know if that makes sense, but it lowers the bar in some ways because it doesn't have to be perfect. Every campaign doesn't have to be perfect before you just get started. And I think sometimes people can be paralyzed before they get started because they don't know every single thing about an issue that they care about or the entire political landscape of all the organizations that are doing work around that. And I don't, that's not actually required to right. contribute <laughs> and make change. Right. Yeah. That's also a certain personality type, I feel like. I've seen that a lot in my life where it's like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't possibly start that because I don't know, you know, every single possible outcome. And it's like, dude, <laughs> right. well, you're not going to know any outcomes unless you start something. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. Just start. Are there any other organizations that you guys are working with towards getting out the vote or sort of anything that you know about that's going on or, or things you'd encourage people to do? 
Well, there are a lot of organizations that are specifically focusing on working with musicians and helping them to use their platform to both register voters and do voter turnout. One thing that RPM is really focused on right now is actually helping artists connect with local grassroots organizations who are not just working to register voters and turn them out, but they're working beyond election day. In part because I think the thing that RPM can do is help you find organizations you wouldn't otherwise find. And so we really take that role pretty seriously and try to direct support to smaller organizations with maybe less of a communications budget. And we also know that if we're going to move new demographics to get to the polls. We really need to be organizing around issues and we need to be organizing all year long. So we're really focused on directing support to organizations like that. One really great resource is a website called movement.vote. They are really helping to connect people to really key districts and smaller organizations that are focusing on organizing youth and people of color to turn out the vote, but also work beyond election day, really thinking about building a movement that inspires voting, but that's not the only thing. Cool. So your website is revolutionsperminute.net and artists, musicians, if you're interested at all in finding out how you can make a difference and get some help doing it, you can go to revolutionsperminute.net. Jessica, is there anything else you want to talk about before we go? I think that musicians have such an important role in connecting their audiences to things that they care about. So I I think there's a lot to do between now and the midterm elections, but also, you know, throughout the year, no matter where you are on your album cycle or whether you're touring or you're at home, we've got things that everybody can do. Fantastic. Well, Jessica George from RPM, thank you so much for being with us on The Future of What? So happy to be here. If a bird broke its beak would it sound be small and weak? Would it be known as just a sign or be a burden name?
That was Broken Beak by Horse Feathers. You're listening to The Future of What? After the show, take a moment to leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. It helps people find the show, and we love hearing from you. When Kill Rockstars was looking for someone to take over our fulfillment operation, Merch Table stepped up to do the heavy lifting, moving our entire stock to their warehouse and helping us create merch our fans love. With Merch Table's support, we've been able to focus on the music and artists that matter to us. KRS loves Merch Table. See what they can do for your business at merchtable.com. You're listening to The Future of What? I'm talking to Ivy Bryan of headcount.org. Ivy, welcome to The Future of What? Thank you so much for having me. So glad to have you. So start off by telling us what is headcount.org and what do you guys do? So Headcount is a nonpartisan nonprofit that does voter registration at concerts and festivals across the country. And you guys have been in existence since 2004. And I I read on your website that you've registered about 500,000 voters. Yeah, we just passed a half million recently. That's awesome. So how does it work? Do you, you work with artists directly or concert promoters? How do you guys do it? So it's definitely a variety of ways. One way is definitely going to the artist and asking them if they'd like for us to host voter registration drives at their shows. Another way is through promoters sometimes. And then the third way is some venues across the country actually have us there pretty often. And so we basically go to the venue for approval and then they let us host a drive at different shows. Fantastic. And what does a drive look like once you get there? Do you just have a table or what is what does it look like? Yeah, so we have a table in the lobby of a venue and we have about four volunteers usually and they have clipboards and they're standing in the lobby asking people that pass by them if they're registered to vote at their current address. And then people can register at the table or on a clipboard. Awesome. So let me ask you a question. You know, we're about a month out from election day right now. Have you guys seen more registration in the last few months than usual, or is it pretty steady? So I think that the energy around voting, actually, there's much more energy around it recently. seen a lot more people be, like, very interested in what we do and, like, just overall excited about voting. And it usually happens that, like, right around National Voter Registration Day was was just passed, we get to see a rise in the amount of people that register And then after all the way up until the deadlines, we see like a pretty constant high volume of registration. That's great. That's really fulfilling. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. So you do this with like 20,000 volunteers around the country? Yes. We have over 20,000 volunteers across the country. And they just volunteer their time to sign people up and, you know, change the world, basically. Definitely. So do you target bands when you see bands, you know, in certain venues or do bands approach you guys? It definitely goes both ways. Sometimes we'll ask a band and sometimes we'll come to us and ask us if we'll be there. We just talked to Pat Sansone of Wilco. I know you guys have registered people to vote at Wilco shows. Mm-hmm. And he's supporting the I Voted Concerts effort. Have you guys heard about that? I actually haven't heard of the I Voted Concerts effort. Yeah, it's an exciting nationwide thing where venues are signing up to do it, which is why you mentioned venues before. It's kind of cool. Venues are signing up to participate. And if you vote and you wear your, you know, you give a picture of yourself in front of your voting place, you get a free admission. Oh, that's amazing. That's so awesome. Yeah. And that's happening all over the country as well. So it's very, I think it's really cool that the music community is really sort of coming together right now to try to get people motivated. Definitely. 
Yeah. So you, I assume, are actually, you actually work for the organization. <laughs> You're not a volunteer. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm the artist liaison here at Headcount. Oh, great. So you actually talk to the bands and, and set stuff up. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So what are you seeing in terms of your volunteers? Is, is there any difference these days? I'm just wondering, you said there's a lot of energy, but you know, are you getting like younger people or people who are more mature or like who's coming out of the woodwork to join the effort? We've definitely seen people like all different kinds of people from all different walks of life come out to volunteer with us. We recently added a bunch more spaces that we didn't necessarily have volunteer teams at before. So for example, one of them is like, we're on Troy Savant tour and that's a much younger crowd. And we see that like all different kinds of volunteers come out to those shows and it's because they all believe that people should be registered and they all like understand that it's like this tour's demographic is going to be people who are like have just turned 18 or people who may not be registered yet. And so like people really just support the idea of registering everyone regardless of maybe their personal taste. Oh, that's great. That's actually really inspiring. Yeah, no, it's awesome. It's really, it really is inspiring to see our volunteers like be so passionate about registering people to vote. Totally. So have you guys had any particularly exciting things happen lately? Yeah. So National Voter Registration Day just passed on September 25th. And we asked a bunch of our awesome headcount artists to post on social media urging people to register to vote. And they would put up a link to headcount where they can register online. That was really amazing to see just like all the people that posted as well as like how many people they registered. It's really great to see like that kind of support. Yeah. And coming up, we have the Futures Voting Tour with Jim James, where Jim James is going to perform at college campuses and urge people to register to vote and then actually go out to the polls. Fantastic. Well, Ivy Bryan of headcount.org, keep up the great work. Thanks for what you do. Thank you so much. That was Glass of Water by Lithics. If you're enjoying this program, please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. Follow us on Twitter at KRSFOW and subscribe to our newsletter to find out what's coming up next. You're listening to The Future of What. I'm talking to Pat Sansone of Wilco. Pat, welcome to The Future of What. Thanks. Great to be here. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. 
So today we are talking about voting. Yes. And how important it is that we all have to get out and vote this year. Yes. As much as any year or more than <laughs> many years. Yeah. Probably more. But, yeah. But yes, it's always important, but we're definitely feeling these days how important it is. Exactly. So you're involved with Emily White's I Voted campaign. So you want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. My involvement with it is really just as a strong supporter of what she's doing. I mean, this was Emily's brainchild and, and her her baby, her project, and I'm just super happy to, to see it catching on the way it has and, and people getting involved with it. And yeah, proud proud to be a supporter of it. She told me about it, you know, maybe, you know, certainly over a year ago when, when she was kind of formulating the ideas for it. And from the moment that she started describing it, I was I was on board. Yeah, I'm sure. I guess another thing we could sort of touch on here is some of the episodes we've done in the past have been about musicians giving back and basically, you know, musicians using their platforms and just people who have a little bit of public profile using their platforms to sort of, you know, make a difference. And I kind of, I feel like this does touch on that to some extent. Yeah, I mean, really, it, the basic, you know, simple idea here is just to get people involved in what's going on around them and to, you know, make use of the opportunity that is there for them to be involved. It is frustrating for me to talk to young people who just don't vote. They just don't they just don't show up. Maybe they're just, they're just not encouraged to in you know, maybe just culturally they haven't been encouraged to. They don't feel like they can make a difference. And so if anything, if I can can at all be a encourager <laughs> for them to realize that they can and they should, then that's that's what I want to do. You know, I certainly have my own strong political feelings. I don't necessarily feel like I need to hit anyone over the head with them. I mean, I'm happy to talk about them, you know, in conversations with people. But really, if I can be at all encouraging and just letting people know that they can be a part of the process, then I consider that a big contribution. What do you say to people who say, oh, well, there's no point in voting because my vote doesn't matter? Well, lately, I basically just say, look who just got elected president, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and look at the and look at the voter turnout numbers. That's usually what I say. You know, it's like if people are, are upset and feeling the anxiety and feeling the dread of, of the, you know, intense division that we're experiencing right now. I mean, there's it seems to be just a very direct correlation with the amount of people that actually got out and voted. Right. So that's really my main argument there, I guess. You know, I, I live in Tennessee, which has extreme low voter turnout numbers. And it's that's tough. It's tough to think about. So, you know, just spreading the word about the fact that I myself vote and am passionate about that. I don't necessarily think that my particular single vote is going to change the world. You know, I certainly don't think that our electoral system is perfect and would like a lot of things about it to change. But it's what I have as my platform, you know, or, or part of what I have as my platform. And I just feel like it's my responsibility to myself and to my community to to participate in that. Do you have any thoughts about, you know, because I always wonder what it is that makes people feel like voting is not important when, it, as, you just, as you just said, it's sort of, I mean, it is our voice. It's the one thing you can do, mm -hmm. you know, to affect politics. Well, I think some of it is laziness, 
cultural laziness. And I just think, you know, this, you know, the cynicism of seeing what does happen and, and the way our elected officials do behave and engage. And, you know, I mean, certainly there's disappointment with whoever gets elected, you know, in, in on any level. It's not perfect. So I just think it's easy to get, you know, that that cynicism, it's easy to attain and it's sometimes encouraged. And that is a shame, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. to, to see that cynicism being encouraged culturally. And that's that's its own fight. It's a fight against that. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's why I think that's what we're doing here. I think that's why Emily wanted to find a way to sort of connect the rock and roll world, the entertainment world, the cool world with voting and with the political process, you know, some step towards battling that cynicism. And also giving people kind of a little reward, it seems like, you know, if you if you go vote, you can go to a show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, do your homework, you know, get a cookie. Uh, you know, it's it's <laughs> it's a it's a simple formula, but uh, I think it's great, you know, I mean, and I think it's really exciting to see the people that have gotten involved and have come to her to, you know, who have heard about it and said, you know, we want to do something with you on this. And yeah, I think it's just, it's positive and it's, it's a positive energy. It's fun and it's music. And I think it's the way to connect. Absolutely. I think it's great. I'm glad you're behind it. And I just want to say thanks for doing that. And I think it's going to make a big difference. Yeah, I hope so. You know, I hope so. Just doing baby steps, I guess, you know, yeah. but, but it all, you know, is going, hopefully going towards the right direction. Absolutely. Pat Sansone, thanks so much for being with me today on The Future of What? Thanks. Thanks for having me. And that's our show. The music we played today was used by permission. You heard Kinski, Horse Feathers, Lithics, and of course, our theme song, Mind Your Own Business by the Delta Five. Subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. For more info on our shows, check out our website at killrockstars.com slash the future of what and sign up for our newsletter. Our program was engineered by Brent Asbury at Beta Petrol and is produced by Will Watts and Anna McLean. I'm Portia Sabin, president of Kill Rockstars. See you next week. <laughs>